Hi there. Welcome to the Facebook Live. You're in for a really big treat today with my dear friend and dream alchemist, Valerie Dillman. But first of all, I am Yukiko Amaya. I am an energy healer, um, a shamanic practitioner, and priestess of goddess and priestess of Avalon. I started this Facebook Live, Goddess and Energy Coming Alive, because I've always been very, very curious about what this life is all about and how do we access a deeper source of wisdom than what seems readily available. And since I was quite young, I felt that the veil between the worlds, as the ancients would speak about, were shamans. The veil between the worlds, meaning between this material world, you know, what, what we can call the mundane world, and the other world, or the world of the unseen. You know, some might call it the spirit world. Some might talk about the subconscious or the unconscious. Some may speak of, as the Australian Aborigines, dream time or the, the dream world. Carlos Castaneda has written uh, about his uh, art of dreaming as well. So it's how do we connect with this wider reality or wider universe than what our human frame um, in terms of things that we can hear with our ears, things that we can see with our physical eyes, things we can touch with our physical hands, that we can go beyond that to encompass something larger. And um, there are many, many different entry points. And I also want to talk about what goddess actually means for me. You know, I think it depends on, on who you are and in the way that I approach things, everything is open, everything is welcome. There is no um, hard set rule because I don't feel like this world functions according to a hard set rule. It, it functions more according to a creative impulse. And so with me, goddess um, is, is an evolving definition in a way or an evolving way of speaking about this intelligence or an energy of life that I sense within myself, within others, also within nature, and even within inanimate objects. I feel that there is an energy that is in a stone, for example. I can also sense energy running through the earth. There is a language and, and, um, and a way of knowing that goes beyond my human capacity in a way to know. And yet that human capacity is also connected with this immense network that I'll call the goddess. Some people call it God. Some people call it the creative impulse, life force, um, the, infi the uh, infinity, the uh, unknowable, the Tao. You know, we can call it many things. But And so one of the ways of approaching this is dreams, through dreams. 
um, you know, because what is consciousness? And what is it that we, we know and we sense? And how can we know things? How can we access the unknowable and the unknown? So I would like to um, introduce to you my dear, dear friend, Valerie Dillman, or Val Dillman. She's an actor and a writer and a dream alchemist. And she's a dream teacher who's studied creative and shamanic dream work for over 15 years. She currently offers classes and private dream coaching in Los Angeles and also online. She lives in the magical place called Topanga Canyon. It's, it's beautiful. I used to live there as well. And drawing on her experience as an actor and writer, Valerie helps people make their symbolic inner worlds a resource for navigating everyday life. Her developed methods apply dream work and shamanism to a wild, uh, to a wild, to a wide array of creative processes, all in service to one's personal healing journey. Okay, so without further ado, um, let's bring Valerie Dillman or Val as her friend. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Oh, I love what you were saying, Yukiko, about <clears throat> that unknown and that feeling like, oh gosh, it's just that curiosity we bring to life. Yeah. And that I think I really resonate with what you were saying about how when you were little and just feeling like there's so much more than sort of what we're taught or this this sort of frame that we have yeah. for being human. Like I think being human is like we have so many access points and powers and supernatural powers. And I think as a kid, I was always like, I want to touch those and to experience those. And I think for me, as far as the way that I found dreaming is that taking that, that curiosity and, mm. and it's interesting you said wild because I was thinking wild. And it's one of the things that I say when, um, when we look at dreams, like what's your wild curiosity? What is, you mm. know, where, what lights you up as far as what do you want to know or what path or what aspect of the dream or how to explore it? Because I think once we kind of step into curiosity from concern, then we automatically shift into uh, a, a sort of a different gear of awareness. So, Gosh, yeah, that's so true because I think many people who come seeking healing come yeah. because they think they need to fix something, right? That yeah. something broken and something is fun not functioning. So right. I need fix it you know there's something wrong with me or there's something that's not right right but in fact it's actually more like a portal and and the 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 soul or the subconscious or the unconscious that really wants to come towards more wholeness has just broken a hole through the wall <laughs> you know so in a way there is a break but it's not a, yeah. there is a breakdown in yeah. terms of our status quo of this is the way it should be which is so much to do with socialization and suddenly the soul yeah. the wild soul goes hey let's break hey. the wall down let's get our attention <laughs> yeah which let's is a lot of times 
what 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 people have really strong dreams or or nightmares that's always like such a great opportunity because i think that is the thing where you're kind of like maybe the dreams have been like oh wake up or look at this or look at this and then if you you know you're not paying attention they're like wake up yeah it's like right? <laughs> and it's so fascinating that you talk about nightmares because when you break the two words it's night and mare it's a horse and mm -hmm. um you know, in in um, some of the Celtic mythologies that that I I connect very strongly with, the 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 horse is 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 um, it's Rhiannon's animal, and um, oh, yes. she is all about sovereignty. You know, mm. and so we can talk about sovereignty of a nation and connecting with the land and the and somehow for the Indo-Europeans and the Celts were Indo-European and you know so were the people who went into India the horse was all important and somehow they would the horse was 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 divine and also important and so the nightmare is like this messenger from God or goddess coming through from the night from that dark um, yes. Yield of all potentiality coming through mm. to like, as you said, shake the shake the dreamer awake. Yeah. You know, the dreamer that has fallen asleep actually yeah. on the job. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. You know, I want to ask you about um, going back to the beginning because it's always interesting to look at how one got to where one gets to, you know, and who knows, but what. Yeah. What's like some of your earliest experience of um, of connecting with something beyond this human universe? You know, the 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 world of you know, don't hold your fork like that, and say <laughs> yes, and say thank you, and you have to dress like this because you're a girl, yeah. and you have to dress like this because you're a boy. You know, blah, I know. Blah, blah, blah. I know yeah. what. Yeah, I was I was pretty. I think I was rebellious in my own way as a kid. I was, you know, not wanting to follow rules of how to be. And I, I really found myself in nature. And fortunately, I grew up in an area that had a lot of nature. And and mm. and, you know, I grew up in a time where it was go out and play and don't come back until dinner. You know? <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> Until okay. the cops come home. <laughs> I'll do that. So, you know, we would just, I was like a little feral child in a way, or like a little elf. So um, I just, you know, nature, it's just been nature and animals, connecting with animals. And, you know, I wanted to learn how to talk to the animals. I wanted mm. to just live in the wild. And I mean, I, I remember buying, or my parents had some book on, uh, hypnotism. And so I was really oh, interested wow. in hypnotism as a kid. And I had, I did have very strong night terrors where okay. I would dream, but my eyes were open and I was talking and running around and they were really strong dreams. They were about war. And my dad said I would come in to sit by him and speak in some kind of gibberish other language with my eyes fully open. And oh, wow. um, yeah, so it you know really scared my parents. So they took me in and did all sorts of tests, and basically they just <laughs> took me off sugar. So I was like, 
<laughs> and that was That's a time funny. when it was like diabetic, you know, you had diabetic chocolate or something like that. So oh, God. it was, you know. Wow. So this is really fascinating, you know, being yeah. feral, you know, yeah. being feral and being wild and yeah. to be able to connecting with 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 the wild nature because in in nature it's feral and it's wild um mm -hmm. it's very safe but it can be incredibly dangerous as well yeah you know in terms of how we are challenged and it can be a life and death situation even though we lived as you say in a time when you could just go out and play and 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 they weren't worried you know yeah it was a different time but Taking that, you know, when you are entering, when you entered into this dream work mm. for the first time, what oh, yeah. was that like? What was that like? Because in a way, that's like going into that feral, wild territory. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, it really was. I mean, my teacher who taught me creative dreaming, my main teacher, Kim Gillingham, and she's extraordinary. And I was so fortunate to be able to, I was led to her um, through my friend, um, Bernie White. And we were doing a play and she came in and um, was just working with a cast for an exercise. And I think she was had us find a symbol or something. And so the symbol that came to me was this knife. And it was a ritual knife and I was, you know, just it had jewels on the hilt and this knife. And so then she said, now, you know, you take the knife and bring it to a part of your body and just follow your instincts. And I, I didn't know. So <laughs> my instincts were, were to cut myself open. So wow. I just in my, you know, I was in the imaginal world and I just cut myself open and I found this tremendous energy emerging. And I, I thought everybody probably saw a knife or something. I don't know what I thought, but I just, I just had this amazing experience. And it was so strong that there was, a, she had a retreat, her first ever retreat in Italy. And, you know, my friend Bernie was going and then another friend was going, but, you know, it was, like in a matter of a week that was going to happen. And obviously it was all full, but my friend Bernie got there and he said, somebody dropped out. Do you want to come? And it was two days till the retreat started. And so I, I, you know, it's like, Oh, I don't know. It'd be so expensive, blah, blah, blah. And I slept on it and I had a dream of Jesus surfing <laughs> rainbow <laughs> waves. And I'm like, wow. eh, I think that means probably I should. So I did just kind of turn up at this retreat and just dove in with all of the people. And they were always like, where did she come from? She just sort of stumbled in. And, and yeah, so I, that was my, my way in. And the, mm -hmm. the creative dream work for me has just been obviously, you know, um, and Kim teaches mostly artists. And so I've just been incredibly lucky to be able to train with her and, and learn from her. And I've applied it to my acting and writing. But what I'm the major benefit I found of it is just it's been a, a healing path for me. Incredibly wow. strong healing path, which is why it is my passion to bring it to people who don't necessarily identify as artists as well as artists, because I think you know, we're all artists, we're all creative beings. Living is, an, is a creation. We're creating mm -hmm. our lives, we're creating, we're improvising in every moment. 
we are. Um, so I f I'm really passionate about unleashing that creativity. And the imaginal is so much linked to that alternate reality, you know, yeah. that otherness, that mystery. And so for me, like dreams are just this continual mystery. And okay, as yeah, a, yeah, yeah. as it and as when I coach or when I teach, it's like I don't know anything about your dream, but I bring my wild curiosity to it, and I hope and I hold a container for you, the dreamer, to explore and to find. You know, where is your medicine? Where is where is the mirror of your soul that's showing you like? Hmm, this is how you're being in your life. This is how maybe you have a belief system that's limiting you and it will show it to you in such creative, brilliant ways. You know, it's really um, sharing dreams with people is always such a, just a sacred art, I think, because we just the way our souls translate to us and how they work with metaphor and how they show us all of these amazing, you know, medicine as well as like, okay, this is you, <laughs> you know, I'm giving you a little, yeah. you know, this is what it feels like in a creative way. And I think, uh, yeah, you yeah. know, what you say is really fascinating because dreams were incredibly important in the old ways and also in the indigenous yes. communities and mm -hmm. um, and one might dream for oneself but also dreams were taken seriously in when in the time when people lived really closer together that yeah. you might be dreaming for the entire community and um Absolutely. And so certain dreamers were really, really revered, you know. Yeah. And I remember one time when I was working with Dina Metzger, an, an amazing um, shaman mm. and a writing teacher. And we were up at Pine, Pine Mountain in California. We were all together. It was, it was maybe about 20 women. And we were writing together. You know, we're working on our own individual things. But every morning at 7 a.m., we would start out with a with a dream council. Mm. And so Dina would say, any dreams, you know? And what started to happen, which was really curious, was that people started to dream each other's dreams in the sense that one person would have a dream and they would share, right? And it just started out like that. But after about a week of this or 10 days, somebody would have another dream the following day and we would all know that it was a continuation of, of, of this other dream and yeah. it started to be for you know not just for the dreamer mm. but that our dreams started to become connected yeah. and um i find that really fascinating and and then you look at the works by people like carl jung who mm. was talking about the archetypes and the, the dream work and one of the things that I remember when working with Don Miguel Ruiz, mm. a Toltec shaman, uh, he had us work, you know, because his big thing was about transformation. You know, how do you get from here to there, from yeah. wherever you are that's stuck to a place of greater freedom? And uh, he always said, it's much easier to change the dream than the dreamer. 
So we started working on conscious yeah. dreaming and we would, within the dream, wake up and shift the dream. And mm -hmm. it, it was, you know, and I didn't do it for a long time, but I do remember that it was the damnedest thing of waking up. And I woke up one time because I had a ridiculous dream. I was going up a spiral staircase and it was uh -huh. filled with gnomes with pointed hats and they're all <laughs> climbing up and I was climbing up with them. And at one point I thought, this is really weird. And then I thought, oh my gosh, I must be in a dream because this couldn't possibly be happening in real life. And one of the things that we were told was like to, to test it out if it was a dream or not within yeah. the dream. And to test it out, I, I had to do something that I couldn't do in a in the waking life. Yeah. And I looked and the spiral staircase, you know, was was hollow, right? It was a, it went around this hollow um well, if you like, of the building. And I thought, well, if this is real, if I jump, I would fall. But since it's a dream, if I jump, I won't fall. And I jumped and I started falling. And I thought, oh no, maybe this <laughs> is real. <laughs> <laughs> take it back take it back <laughs> you know and then i started to fly mm. and and yeah. i you know i started to fly and then I, I i woke myself up out of that but it's it's so fascinating all these ways of working with dreams you know is yeah. there um something that you would like to share in in how you approach a dream and how like how it connects with opening that person's field up in a way. Wow, yeah, well, there's so many, and that's such a good point that you brought up about, so there's creative dreaming, and there's taking the images and working with them on some certain levels. There's also, you know, we do have um, precognitive dreams, which I like to call dress rehearsals. And these mm -hmm. are super important, really a benefit of writing down your dreams and, and being in touch with your dreams. Because sometimes you'll dream or, you know, I've dreamt of things, of situations where, you know, maybe a sticky situation or maybe, you know, something's going on. And then I'll have that situation happen in real life. And so in the dream, if you work on the dream, you look at the sticky situation, you're like, oh, yeah, that's going to that, you know, and then you see, oh, where's the medicine of the dream? Like, where's the, the sweet spot? Where, where can you lean in? What is the healing image of the dream? And so then what I found was when it started playing out in real life, I could go, oh, wait, what was the, what was the medicine of the dream? What was the mm. healing image? And then I could apply that in real time. So I kind of like, if, if you think of a time in your life that was, you know, kind of intense and you had a heads up that it was coming, how you might change it or how you might in the waking dream in your real life act a little differently because you've worked on it in your dream. And so uh, I think one way of, one benefit of working with dreams is that we get to work with our reality um, in a creative, imaginal way. So it's easier to work with that than with the actual reality, which, you uh -huh. know, like you jump off a banister and you fall <laughs> and you don't fly. Right. Um, so right. that's right. like that. So, and then the other thing is, you know, you can dream for other people. So sometimes uh -huh. you get a dream and you share a dream and you realize that, oh, that's medicine for somebody else. And that that's a really 
that just gives you that sense of how connected we are and opening up your field in that way so that you can connect with others in a, in a deep way that's very mysterious and, and, you know, touching into that unknown connection, okay. that very deep connection between people. But I also thought it might be fun to, if you're open to sharing a dream, and I could walk you through sort of a, a very basic dream sharing process that okay. is, is because I think dreams are meant to be shared. And I think um, that really does build community. And because dreams are so um, archetypal, they can be, that it's easy to um, learn from them when we share them. So. Okay. Um, <laughs> I have a lot of dreams, but I think the one that I'll share is, is um, it's, 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 it was a recurring dream when I was very, very young and, and Great. probably it started when I was in the, Ooh, yeah. Okay. I will Did share that him? dream. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, this was, this was all throughout my childhood from when I was a baby and um, till about maybe about eight years old. And okay. um, so the dream was, and okay, I, and before you start sharing, I just want to say to everyone listening, just to really take in the dream images and imagine that this dream that Yukiko is about to share has also been gifted to you, that it's your dream. So if you're hearing it, then it's for you as well. So just to mm -hmm. really maybe come into a, a, a neutral place, get in touch with your breath, Feel where your body is making contact with the chair, with the ground. Take a nice deep breath. And just sort of almost like just cleansing your field. Just, just allow that to happen. Maybe a, a golden spiral around you. Just allow yourself to clear um, as if you're about to really hear this beautiful bit of wisdom, just allow yourself to come into a still place like a pond. And as Yukiko says her dream, just really notice if uh, any, any associations come up, any thoughts, any feelings. And we'll just, we'll, we'll listen with our whole bodies and our whole beings. Right, okay. So I was born in Japan, and this is, um, I say that because there's a cultural connection to that. Beautiful. And it would always be, I would see a wall, and it would be like a wall to um, a palace in Japan. Mm. And um, so it's kind of whitewashed with uh, tiles on top, and it's maybe about, 12, 13 feet high, you know? Right. And, um, and then I would see, and it would be daylight. It would be like a hot summer day, that kind of light. And it felt as if they were facing the wall. There, would, there was a road, you know, unpaved, a, uh, a dirt road. And on the other side is a very deep forest. 
And in Japan, the sacred trees of Japan are the cedar. So it would be a cedar forest. Mm. And this, and then I would see this traveler walking along, always coming towards me, right? And he was a ronin. A ronin is a samurai that is, uh, has no master at that point. So it's a masterless samurai. And, um, and as a ronin, you can tell a ronin by the way his hair is. As a samurai, you have this part shaved. And as a ronin, it grows out. Hmm. And he would have what's called um, this hat, which is a, a, a woven bamboo um, hat that hmm. hides your face. And it was used by samurais, right? So it was it was mm -hmm. like a, a like a big um, hat that 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 you could see see through from the inside, but you couldn't see who it was from the outside. And many samurais travel this way, noble people. And so he would come up and then he would stop. And my heart would start beating in my, in my dream as the dreamer. And he would turn suddenly, like sensing something, he would turn and face the wall. And then he would lift up his, his hat and look up. And then I knew that I had been found. And I would become terrified because this was somebody who had been looking for me throughout time. And I mm. thought that I had hidden myself well enough in this lifetime that I wouldn't be discovered. That was the kind of feeling. And, and um, I would wake up um, anxious and terrified and mm. like a sense of foreboding in a way, not mm. maybe terrified, but a sense of foreboding like, oh no, you know, I've been discovered. And that was a recurring dream was one of two recurring dreams and that was yeah it went on from you know for many years wow beautiful so, beautiful yeah. thank you um so so just feeling into your body as you've been sharing that um you 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 express some of the emotions that you felt at the end like some of the foreboding do you remember any other feelings of the dream? Um, maybe at the beginning with the uh, with the the palace and the wall. What was? Well, at the, the beginning, feeling? it feels very quiet, sort of like mm -hmm. a quiet summer afternoon. Okay. Um, you know when it's it's hot, and so nobody's out and about, and there's a stillness mm. in the air. And so right. it feels really still, like anything is possible. Good, good. You know, and what's that, that kind of feeling openness. like? What's the emotion around that? Just a feeling of um, calmness, you mm -hmm. know, good. and openness. Mm -hmm. It's not, uh, it's just like a calmness and an openness of... Good. Just, you know, feeling oh, good. Really, Can you just repeat yeah, that? Really. It's like, <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and for people listening, go ahead and repeat that beautiful gesture. <sighs> good. So um, 
in any other feelings that the dream, either as you're telling it or uh, within the dream. So even with the telling of it, which is, you know, I mean, it's been decades, I can feel the, um, it's almost, it's under the skin. It's like the myelin sheath, Mm -hmm. right under the skin. Um, energy is like going, it's, it's, it's moving fast. It's, um, there's a, and especially not so much in the, in the front body, but more in the back body. It's like an electric signal, you know, Mm -hmm. that's, um, pretty fast. And, um, and there's a kind of a weight on my chest, you know, Mm. a slight weight or like a slight, uh, restriction. Mm-hmm. Good. And then going into the moment when you see the Ronin, the Ronin. Well, that's that when that happens. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So because that's before the that, before yeah. that, it's like just, you know, oh, and then the Ronin starts walking and I'm first, it's more like, oh, what's that? Who's that? Mm-hmm. And then the sense of recognition you know, I recognize this person and the recognition, there's a foreboding. It's, it's, he's been looking for me and, um, yeah, he's been looking for me and I didn't, I don't remember why, but I didn't want to be found. Mm. And, um, and any other, as you, as you speak that, as you tell that, any places in your body that feel active? Yeah, it's funny because there's like a slight tick that's starting to happen um, yeah. under my left eye. And, um, and part of my, my body is like there's a, there's, uh, yeah. it's going into that fight or flight place. Yeah. It wants to run, you know? Good. So it just wants taking, to run. So my breath yeah. is like, you know, the, mm-hmm. so the heartbeat is starting to speed up a little bit and my breath is getting a little bit shallower. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. So just, just taking a nice deep breath into, and maybe even placing a hand on those places that are feeling activated. Just, just a mother's touch to say, I see you. You're a, you, I feel you just that beautiful mothering of our of ourselves and just feeling in i'm feeling it too i'm with you so just really um feeling in and allowing that feeling to be allowing that feeling to know that you're caring for this feeling you've got you Just taking nice deep breaths into there, into that feeling. Okay. Good. And so now, just going into some of the associations. You were saying that, tell me what a, a Ronin is again, as if I'm a person from a different planet. And I have no idea, like into the most basic essence. 
which in a way is true, right? It's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, a ronin is a samurai. Now, a samurai is somebody who, during the a certain period of time in Japan, when the caste system was fixed, mm-hmm. the samurai was at the very top of the caste system as a warrior. Shino Kosho, so it was warrior, farmer, um, uh, artist or craftsman, and then merchant. Those were the divisions. And at the time in Japan, uh, the aristocracy existed, but they were ruled over by the, by the, the, um, the samurais mm. and uh, by the samurai warlords. They were the. And so each samurai you had to to have a liege lord you were supposed Mm. to commit yourself for life to your lord and to serve with your life so those who are ronins were people who had lost their liege lords for one Mm. reason or another and so they were not they were kind of a little bit of an outcast of society they were not that trusted by the people mm-hmm. because they were outside of the norm, sort of like Robin Hood is outside of the norm, right? Living mm-hmm. in the forest. A Ronin right. is, is outside of the norm of what a samurai is supposed to be doing. He's supposed to be serving his Lord and being part of society. He's the only part of society that has received education. He's the only part of society that's learned how to read and write, do tea ceremony, do art, you know, um, so on and so forth. So, yeah. So he's a, he's a renegade in a way. Uh-huh. And who does but we he don't serve? know why? So he does not serve anybody. And mm. so there are many different Ronins. The most famous one that I think American people might know is Musashi Musashi Miyamoto. Mm-hmm. There was a he wrote a book called The Book of Five Rings that became a bestseller on Wall Street back in the eighties mm. and nineties when Japan was, you know, Japan Inc. was doing really well and people wanted to know how to become like Japan Inc. <laughs> right. And they read Good. the Book of Five Rings. Good. So just, Most yeah. Ronins, had, some Ronins were, became spiritual, so they served a much higher reality. Good. And so in this sense, in the dream, just going back to this Ronin and just sensing into this particular one. Okay, so my just, heart sinks good, because good. he's serving the the he is serving the one that I ran away from. Okay. Yeah. And mm-hmm. what is what is the feeling of the one that you ran away from? It's huge. It's like I see, I see concentric circles from Mm -hmm. deep purple into mauve into like silvery gray. It it almost looks like an um, yeah, and it's not it's not so much a being. It is a being, but it's not like a human being. It feels like this huge construct almost like a planetary construct Mm 
mm. or um, a system or a belief system or a way of being that I have escaped from, mm -hmm. um, that I'm hiding away from. Good. You're hiding mm -hmm. from. I'm hiding. Yeah, that's I, yeah, because I don't want to be found. I've run from that system. Mm -hmm. Yeah, is what it feels yeah. like. Beautiful, beautiful. And so just another way of looking at a dream is just saying a reality check. And I know this happened, this dream happened far in the past, but sometimes we get dreams and they can happen in the future. So we don't, we just ask, is it possible that this dream could ever happen in reality? I'm not getting either way. What I'm hearing is it hasn't happened yet. Mm. And to the question of will it happen, I get it depends. It depends. Um, Good. It depends. But one of the, the memories that I have, which is one of the earliest memories I have is that I shouldn't, I mustn't forget where I came from and why I am here. Mm. And, but I remember that, but I don't remember where I came from and why I'm here, but I remember <laughs> that I had to remember. Yeah. I was like, I can't forget. And I, you know, and that was also pre-verbal. It was, it was, I was quite young. Yeah. Beautiful. Because I, I remember that, yeah, this was not, this was, a very strange place that I had landed in earth mm -hmm. where yes. people couldn't really understand each other. So that was, um, yeah, but you know, Val, one of the things that just came to me was that Good. I left Japan when I was 21. I, I left Japan because I felt that I couldn't be there because I was too stifled. And in order to find myself, I needed to leave. And so I always called it looking for my home. I looked for my home and I never found it. I never found a home. So I looked within and created a home within, you know, to make a long story short. But this, this looking at it, I'm feeling more like I didn't, it was, it wasn't to go and find a new home, but it's almost like I had to run away. You know, it feels more like running running away there was something that i'm running that you know that i was running away from yeah yeah mm, beautiful and so what do you want to know about the dream where is your curiosity my curiosity is is i guess in 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 what i said you know what is it that i'm running away from yeah. and who has come to find find me you know Beautiful. And why am I behind the wall, hidden? Mm. Because the, the, the dividing line is between the wild forest yeah. and human society. And there is like, you know, Aronian is also sort of like a monk in a way too. Yeah. You know, this figure that is saying, you know, almost like wake up, mm -hmm. you know, we have found you you need to like find yourself and cross over yeah. into yeah. that wilderness. Beautiful. So hmm. Good. So then, and this is what I would say um, for people listening to the dream, imagining that it is your dream, 
imagining that you've been with all of the the different layers that Yukiko has um, unveiled for us as to the archetypes. So I listening to this dream, imagining that it's my dream, knowing that I know nothing about your dream. You only know about your dream. But if it were my dream, I might want to go and I'm very, very curious about that Ronan. I, I would want to create him with art. I would want to draw or paint him. I would want to um, journey back into the dream and speak with him. Mm. Um, I would want to, again, journey back into the dream and take his energy into my body and allow his energy and his wisdom to express through me and as me. I would really want to claim whatever wisdom he had come to show me. I would want to find out from him directly why he is looking for me. And I oh. would, um, yeah. And so, and then, so, and this is sort of what I love about this dream work that I've been taught is that we journey back into the dreams and we, you know, this is the embodiment of the dream. So embodying these dream, these very potent dream energies, this Ronan, this, this figure, and to be able to hear from his point of view and to be able to feel it in my body, this, you know, dream energy. And that's, that's how I mm. would think. And I'd also be, if it were my dream, I'd be really curious about traveling into that forest mm -hmm. and what that, so I might want to go and maybe, um, have an adventure in there. So, and I would encourage wow. anybody who's listening to, if you want to add anything into this mix with the, if it were my dream, um, anything you noticed coming up in your bodies, in your psyche, it's such a, it's such a beautiful dream. So I'm really, thank you so much for sharing it. Um, oh, and and in the in the dream work, we we do we like to take a physical or a concrete action. So, what would you like to do to honor the dream, so that you can mm. bring it into the? I would like to take one of my wands that I made from a Japanese tree, mm. and take it to the, the goddess spring that I have on my land and it's in the forest mm -hmm. and sit with that wand to receive his wisdom because as I was listening to you speak, I saw his face and it's a very kind face. Yeah. It's actually a kind and very trustworthy faith, face. And I see that mm -hmm. he has come to, to really... Um, help me from an imprisoned place to um, that he actually serves me. And um, yeah, so that's, it's uh, yeah, no, it's yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. And I love mm -hmm. the, the face and faith. So I mm -hmm. thought that was really, yeah. Yeah. The Freudian and it, flip. 
<laughs> and it, I, again, if it was my dream, I might wonder who do I serve? Who do you know? What what am I what am I hiding from? What what unknown is tempting me right now that I need to step into or maybe want yeah. to step into? So I love that you brought this dream from so long ago, but I feel a resonance with myself right now. I mean, mm. I, I definitely really feel this dream and it's just, it's really powerful. You keep going. Thank you. Oh, thank you. And Shannon. Hi, Shannon. <laughs> Shannon says, I got a father from the mm. Roman. Beautiful. Father figure. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's wonderful. Yes. And if there's, you know, anybody who would like to let's jump in and add anything in, please do. I'm so yeah. sorry. I sometimes get so carried away with the conversation. I forget to <laughs> invite you to. And if you have any questions, you know, for for Val or for yeah. me, you know, any questions or any ahas or please share with us. And that would be really great. One of the, the things that I also, just as we were speaking, received is um, because it's sort of like journeying in a way, yeah. you know, and working in this way, it's almost like open-eyed journeying. So all this information is coming in as we're talking. Exactly. And I'm seeing the, the castle dissolve mm. and being walked across with the Ronin into the forest. And I'm understanding why I feel so much connection with the Celtic world, because mm. the Celts really revered the forest, and um, all the wisdom came from the forest and the trees. The ancients did, you know. We know that even with the Norse gods, Odin receives the the wisdom and of the alphabets and the um, mm. the runes from the world tree. So right. it's right. yeah. So there's this yeah. sense of you know going and that's into such that a mystery. A good, a good um, a point to bring up is that any time that we touch our dreams, no matter when we had them, we truly are entering a different, we're, we're stepping into a different portal. It's an access point. So one of the things that I really like to encourage with my dreamers is to create the images from the dreams either to collage, to draw, to paint. And what I found is that sometimes I'll have like a fragment of a dream and mm. I'll take one image and I'll just start drawing it. And as I'm doing that, because I'm imagining the dream and I'm taking the image and I'm just taking the slowing down and drawing, which is a very right brain activity and immediately sort of steps you so i've shifted into the portal of the dream and then like you said you just start receiving information you start receiving information about the dream you start receiving just information you're in the receptive mode and a lot of times i find that my students <laughs> are very resistant to drawing I hear a lot of I, you know, I can't draw. I'm not good. I, I don't. I can't rep. I can't um, reproduce what was in the dream, and it's that's just the 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 left brain, our kind of critical mind, shutting our show down. Mm -hmm. And so I would say, 
you know, just to just send the critic. I like to send my critic on errands. I'm like, oh, somebody slightly disagrees with you about a film. Go, go discuss. <laughs> you know, and critic mm -hmm. like runs off. <laughs> so, give mm -hmm. your critic a little job to do, and then just because I was the same way, I I feel like I flunked kindergarten. <laughs> it was terrible. I couldn't draw and do all those things. So I would just draw with my left hand to get out of the goodness. And I've really found that I still don't draw very well, but I love it. I create for my dreams. I draw the dreams. I receive so much intuitive information about the dreams and about, you know, just my life through this, this creation. And um, so I would really recommend that as also a way of um, honoring your dream. Yeah. And oh, Shannon also says, send your critic on errands. You know, I love this. <laughs> One of the best questions Val taught me was, how did you feel when you woke up? What yeah. was the feeling of the dream more than the specifics? How important are the specifics to the subconscious? So yes, and that's, that is, it's, uh, feelings are so important, how you feel when you woke up, how you feel is your taste. So that brings you in, but the specifics really to me unlock the archetypes so i might dream so i ha recently had a dream about a tiger and i dream about big cats a lot so the specifics of the tiger how the tiger looked was it big was it small was it uh, menacing so those specifics are important so that's why drawing it or finding images of like that specific tiger um, but then also, like, what does a tiger mean to me? What is it in my, in my psyche? I mean, I love big cats. I love tigers. I love lions. Like when we go hiking in Topanga, <laughs> I'm afraid of mountain lions. But part of me is like, oh, my God, wouldn't it be amazing to see one? You know? Yeah. So it is, there's a fear, but there's also a fascination. Or another example is if you dream about somebody. So, and this is why sharing is so great. So let's say I dream about a friend, you know, Melissa, you know, and so then, you know, I had my friend Melissa and we went on this hike and we, you know, you know, whatever's in the dream, who is Melissa? You know, what is she give me three adjectives for her. So that's just the, the, like, why did I dream of that specific person? What is that specific? What is what does that specific person hold for me? And when you tell somebody that doesn't know that person, well, she's uh, maybe she's kind of critical, and she's kind of when I when I was a kid, she was always a little bit mean to me. So then I might go, oh, okay, so I'm hiking with somebody that's kind of mean to me, and maybe this is a shadow figure of mine. Maybe it's my part of me that's mean to myself, you know. So I think specifics are really, really important. Translating your dream to kind of get to, just to get to the deeper archetypal meanings. And- um, Wonderful. Yeah, so that's a great question. What the, did I answer? She had a few questions in there. How important are specifics, feelings? Yeah, so I think specifics yeah. are quite, quite important. Yeah. That's wonderful. And we are now, um, unfortunately, running out of time oh okay but, um <laughs> so you know thank you so much val this was really really great oh, and i'm sure pleasure. very very helpful it's it's a very different way of approaching 
the this incredibly rich world that we have um you know that that um through creativity through dreaming it also is very fascinating because um and we couldn't get into that this time maybe next time we'll get into the difference between journeying and dreaming you know because it's uh that's also very rich in symbols um and we don't Mm -hmm. control the symbols that come up sometimes we can you know there's also experiments that i did in controlling the dreams when when i was a teenager and i wanted to dream about something and figuring out how to do that so that i had an ongoing it was like going to the movies at night it was great I would, wow, I would yeah. decide on the cast of characters and the storyline, <laughs> and then I would just go in, you know? So what is this amazing faculty that we have as human beings? I think that's, yeah. you know, that's a really powerful, powerful question. And for those of you really wanting to find out more about Val, and um, I think she has a class that's going to be coming up. Yes. So go to yeah. this, uh, yeah. to... Um, dreamingwithval.com yeah so just subscribe to to my list i don't send out i only send out emails when i'm announcing a class or and i've got one class coming up um embodying the dream where i really go into showing people and and experimenting with bringing the dream images into the body it's so freeing and and it's like one of the jewels of the creative dream work so i'm super excited to I offer a class on that, just on that. I think, especially you know, actors and artists, but for everybody, it's amazing. And then, um, yeah, and, and I'm also, yeah. And um, so yes, so you know, go virtual as well. Yes, Shannon. Yes, she does it yeah. on Zoom. Yeah, I've been doing. Do I mean, a lot on Zoom. Yeah. So, so even if you're not there in Topanga Canyon you can you can check in and val does one-on-one coaching as well as group classes so yeah. you know really check check out her site it's wonderful and um for those of you who are working with journeyings and also with connecting with the the sacred and the mundane mm. in your daily life another way of crossing over is also with rituals and so if you would like to to look into rituals, I do the full moon rituals, um, which is dropped into your inbox when you register um, about three to four days before the full moon, and you have time to to do that yourself. And tomorrow I will be doing the new moon in Cancer ritual ceremony for the River Valley Goddess Temple in the Hudson River Valley with. Uh, over at Rachel Jeshin's place. And thank you again, Val. It was really oh, great to see you. Thank you, you. so and, much. Such a yeah. pleasure to be with you and to just discuss all these things. So fun. Yeah, no, it's great. And and um, it's really nice to have these juicy conversations. And so yeah. next week, next Wednesday, we'll be with my friend and shaman, a longtime shamanic practitioner and um, a senior teacher at the Center of Shamanic Studies, Amanda Folger. Mm-hmm. So tune in and yes. uh, we will, we hope to um, keep this going. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye.